you're frozen. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you what happened last week. So remember last week when we were, or the week before when we were having problems and I kept popping out? Yes. They ended up having to totally redo all the cabling. So like they had to redo the wiring in your, your whole house, the computer <laughs> wiring. Yeah, the Cat5 cable. So they had to do all that rewiring. And then it's worked good since then. No problem. I mean, other than the fact that I had to replace my modem and router, went through all that drama last week and mental duress. Thought I was going to lose my mind. I was, I listened to the episode. I thought it was really good, but I was disappointed. There wasn't much more to the refreshment story. There probably would have been if you would have um, heard it and had more questions. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, don't. I thought it was funny where I was like, okay, go, go now, go, <laughs> go now, hurry, go, hurry. hurry. <laughs> she was like, she was probably like, oh my God. <laughs> She's like, this dude is an idiot. Well, that's pretty much anyone that comes into contact with me. We had a little adult date today between me and my wife. An I feel adult? like we haven't, yeah, an adult date. What? I know. Was it Sounds almost sexy, weird? doesn't it? Did you it guys was, really just go somewhere and eat and then like try not to fall asleep on the drive home? <laughs> well, all of it, but fall asleep. We uh, dropped, uh, dropped the children off with the relative and then we uh, went to Jim's, which is like a, just a fast food, fast food-ish American restaurant. They serve like American food, Southern comfort food. Yeah. So we ate that and uh just hung out there. I actually got the sit fire, which was pretty cool. Nice. It was nice. It was, there was not a barrier of children. Mm, nice. Not even one. Nice. I told her we shouldn't go back. I said, here's our opportunity to flee. <laughs> this is it. We can run away. We can, we um, can leave them. They'll be fine. So let's see. I haven't been doing anything but working and answering emails. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about some upcoming stuff that we're not going to talk about yet, but, uh, Oh yeah. I'm uh, excited about stuff. We're not going to talk about yet too. I got more of a, of, of a, of a, of a, Mm -hmm. a response to an email we sent out. Oh yeah. Uh, then I even fucking expected. Oh yeah. Yeah. You like, did you like my response? Yeah, I, I just ignored you. Did you see that? <laughs> I wanted to just send you like a, somebody flipping you off. <laughs> that was a gentle nudge. That wasn't necessarily meant for you. Because no one was including me in their reply. So I was like, why isn't anyone replying? <laughs> I included you in the whole thread. So yeah. you think yeah. they'd know. Um, well, I think a lot of people don't still don't know that I'm a co-host. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you're like, it's fine. My feelings aren't hurt. It's fine. It's fine. I guess we're interviewing Joe today. Yes. Elephants and dogs today. Elephants uh, and dogs straight from Toronto, Canada. Two, one, 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 one. Hey, can you guys hear me? We can. We can. It's it's nice to have you here. I was I, I listened to your stuff and went and found you online. And I like that you've uh, changed elephants and dogs to EAD. 
I thought that was pretty cool too. You know, yeah, the little acronym. As an acronym, yeah. Is that how good. the name came to be? I know it's an interesting name, and got, I get a lot of questions about it. But uh, elephants and dogs is—it's um, one of the first things I learned on guitar. It's, it's like a, a little memory tool for the strings. Elephants and dogs grow big ears. E a d g b e. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that is so. interesting. No, there's there's also like Eddie ate dynamite. Goodbye, Eddie. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I learned elephants and dogs grow big ears. And uh, when I started writing songs for an imaginary solo project, I always considered it like elephants and dogs because it was going to be like a back to basics was the very first thing I learned on guitar. How can I write some simple songs? Um, So that's why I thought it was fitting. Very cool name. Like I said earlier, I like the EAD. I think that's pretty cool because I was going online and uh, looking at some of your interviews and your, I thought, I thought it was pretty impressive. You know, you, you've been interviewed a few times, haven't you? I mean, there are people taking interest in you and your music. I guess looking back there, there we, I have had some interviews and uh, there definitely has been some interest. It's, it's honestly been like a shock to me. Um, so I'm on Lookup Records uh, with Bill, who you guys know, and Basically, one night I uh, I find I think musicians all have this where they wake up in the middle of the night in a panic, like, oh my god, I'm never gonna be have any success. No one's ever gonna hear about me. And they like are really productive between like 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. So <laughs> between those hours, I sent like maybe like I don't know tons of emails with my solo music because I'm also in a, a couple different bands. But I was on I had this solo music I made and I was just sitting on it until one of my friends was like, hey, maybe you should like look into putting this out because like. He liked it. Uh, and so that night I just sent a bunch of emails looking for if anyone wanted to cover it in a premiere article or anything. And Bill actually replied. I had sent him one song. He actually said, I don't like this song at all, but do you have any other songs? I guess he was feeling charitable that, that day. And so I sent him then the EP that was released. And uh, so because of him, I got a lot of PR and a lot more attention. And, and it was crazy when the EP came out because like the interviews and all of that, but then also, um, like I was getting all these DMs from like all around the world, like people in Italy, people in Colombia, like sending me these messages like, oh, I found your music. I love your music. So it was like really crazy to think that uh, it spread that far. So it's really cool. So did you get any nudes or anything? Did anyone send you nudes? <laughs> hey, I found your music. Here's a nude. No, none of that, actually. Oh, man. I, I'm awesome. sorry. No, I'll send you one good. soon. Hold on. Let me get my phone. Uh, <laughs> you're feeling charitable, too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so what initially got you started in music? Oh, it's tough to, you know, my, my dad was a big music fan and he would always play Beatles albums in the car. And then my, my god brother was like a huge influence on me too. Like he's a big time guitar player and uh, he had all the vinyl and posters in his basement and stuff. So I think just a combination of those two things, like I don't know what drew me to it, but from like a really young age, I was always like at bookstores, I'd go through like the Beatles, the Who, all their biographies, looking at the pictures and reading stuff. And my parents never wanted to get me a guitar actually. So I begged and begged and begged for like a really long time. And because uh, I, I played piano, I played like classical piano. So they were like, no, you have to play piano. You can't play guitar. But then when I was 11, my godfather got me a guitar and that sort of changed everything. Did you find knowing piano and then learning guitar, do you feel like that made learning guitar easier for you? I do and I don't. I think I look at the guitar a little bit differently because I come from a piano background. But I think a lot of people come from a piano background, so I don't think it's unique. But I, d- I think it definitely helps with understanding uh, chords and melodies and stuff like that. But I think I think a lot of people, the first thing they learn is the piano keyboard. So uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think like the way I look at it is different. So you're um, 
your godfather got you a guitar, but did you ever play air guitar? That's what everyone wants to know. I, you know, it's, it's how everyone starts, I think. I was, yeah. I was a big-time air guitar player. Definitely. Yeah. For Did you enter any contests or anything? Because there are actual contests. I didn't do it professionally, although okay. I've, I've always <laughs> dreamed of it. Yeah. I Actually, I have, a, I have a memory of like when I was like 9 or 10 trying to look at my shadow and air guitaring and seeing my shadow air guitaring. Like, what would I look like if I was holding a guitar? So I definitely, air guitaring was uh, definitely an important part of my life. I like that. I like hearing about where you came from the air guitar but it's kind of rough that your parents made you play piano first so did you like sit down and have a talk with them look mom and dad my godfather bought me a guitar piano's over with and then what was their response no i still played piano i still had to like i do like royal conservatory so i still had to go through the grades and everything like that didn't stop so i just had to do both (laughs) oh yeah that's good though knowing more than one instrument's actually really really smart i wish it was something i would have done and now i'm like old and trying to learn new instruments <laughs> like the air you can pick up the air guitar anytime i could mm. pick up, i mean that's what i started with so what musicians inspired you other than like the beatles and the who was there somebody that you heard that you were kind of like i need to do that that that's what i need to do it's tough i feel like there's a bunch of them at different times um you know, something I was saying about the other day, are you guys familiar with Daniel Johnston? No. There's, there's a Netflix movie. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It was called like The, the Devil and Daniel Johnson. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's, he's, like a, he's like this really underground musician that sort of became, came into like the mainstream because uh, Kurt Cobain wore, wore one of his t-shirts in a photo shoot. Or That sounds of, super familiar. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But I watched the documentary when I was in grade 11 or 12 and his songwriting, like he struggled a lot with mental illness and his songwriting was like so raw. And so like whatever was on his mind, like was immediately put into the song. I think seeing that approach made me more confident to write songs. Cause I think that's a, a big thing with people who play music and people who write songs. There's, there's some kind of like divide and some people make it over that divide and some people don't. And I think something clicked at that time where it was like, you know, to write a song, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you're thinking of. You just have to, everybody's different and your song is your song. So I don't know. I think Daniel Johnson and like the, I I mean, the music that I know of his and, and what I learned about him, like sort of made me, pushed me to start writing songs. But it's, uh, I don't know if I'd list him as like one of my all time favorite artists, but I think that was like influential and getting me to start writing songs. Definitely. I always wanted to write songs. I always tried to write songs, but I feel like you always get to this point where you're like, Oh, this isn't original or, Oh, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't interesting, but. So how did Radiohead influence your music? Well, I think they're just like a, a huge band, with lots <laughs> of great music. Uh, I think the way Radiohead influences my music is that they make rock music almost like academic, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I think like it, it, makes you realize like it, it can be a high art form if you want it to be. I don't, I don't know if that sounds pretentious or something like that. But. I mean, no, that sounds honest. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I, that is, yes. Yeah. Like I love ACDC too. It's hard. Like it's hard to say I have one, <laughs> I have one image of rock music, but I, I think I love how they like really take rock music to the next level. I love the, like the melodies they make and their, their harmony. It's very interesting music. Like no one really sounds like them. So uh, I'd, I'd say in that way. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, that's good. And you have some other ones. Uh, one of the people you, you list is uh, Mac DeMarco. 
And that automatically made me think of Paul DeMarco. Oh, our was, friend Paul, yeah. Yeah, we have a friend from the UK. His name is Paul DeMarco. And I was like, wait, let me read that again. <laughs> so tell us about Mac, Mac DeMarco. How does he inspire you? Are you guys familiar with his music? I'm not. I'm, I'm not. familiar with Paul's, but not Max. <laughs> uh, oh, he's a Canadian artist, so... Um, we won't hold that against you. Yeah, no, no problem. I think the way he influenced this project, at least, is like he makes really like lo-fi, simple songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, his music's changed a lot since, like I think, his early records, but sort of like that approach, like the chorused-out guitars, the jazzy chords, uh, simple pop melodies, like I think that's what influenced me. That's why I listed him. For that reason because i think there's like a, on that ep there is a little bit of like a mac demarco influence yeah i was listening to your stuff it's very ethereal mm-hmm. i really i was like listening to it and i was like oh what's this oh that's kind of cool so i really liked uh some of the things you were doing what's it like to be you're basically signed to look up records correct that's correct yeah what's that like how did how did that whole thing happen i know you were talking with someone and they said, you know, they gave you some feedback and then, but there had to be some, something else to happen for you to actually get connected to that, that record label. Tell me, tell us about that. So the way it works is he signs uh, artists on a, like a project by project basis or like a, so he signed me for the EP and now we're, uh, I'll have to sign again for the album. So uh, I submitted the final mixes to him the other day, so hopefully he likes them. And he he signs me again, but um, but basically, like he signs you for the the project. And so basically, what happened is like, yeah, that night I I sent out a bunch of emails. So like three in the morning, three in the morning, and he got back to me the other day. So what I had sent him was this really shoegazy song that I had made, like a real like stereotypical loud shoegaze song, and he did he didn't think it had like he didn't think it was marketable. Okay. I guess something in that song made him think, oh, you know what? Maybe he has other music. I don't know what it was about that song, but something interests him. So he was like, what else do you have? Do you have anything else? Because it was a really rough recording. Mm. So I think he didn't like the the, the roughness of it. Like it, it wasn't, uh, it could have been made better, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, so then he, he something in that song sparked his interest. So he asked like, well, what else do you have? I sent him a Send him five tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so four of the tracks that are on the EP, like the uh, "Don't We Won't Be Sing Me Around," uh, "Pine Valley," and then the two noise tracks, and the and the fifth song. And uh, he was like, "Oh, I don't like the fifth song." Uh, so he's like, "You can you record a different? Can you make a new song to replace the fifth song? And if you make a new song to replace the fifth song, then I think we have a project that I can sign you for." So we did some uh, back and forth emails. We did a couple Zoom meetings. He, he said that like I need you to make a different fifth song. You know, he wanted to know about my musical history and like, am I connected to someone who makes music videos? Am I connected to someone that we can do artwork? Like, he just wanted to know where where I like was. Like the at. business, the business end of it. Like, how how are we moving forward? Yeah, he's like, is this person worth worth working with? At any point, did you say, "Look, dude, get out of my ass"? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I was so shocked that someone took interest in my music that I was like, "I'll I'll do whatever you want," <laughs> but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, so he said, you, you got to record a, a new fifth song. And uh, well, so I, I play in a band called Jimbo that I've been in for about six years now. So we've we've done music videos, we've done recording sessions, like all the local band stuff that you can do. Played gigs around our city and different cities or like in Ontario where I'm from. So I felt like I had some experience in that local music sort of, I don't know what you'd call that kind of uh, scene or business. I don't know. And, and Bill's like really experienced. He's played in lots of different bands. He's been at it for a long time. So 
he, he saw that in me too, that I had that experience. And so my, another band I'm in, Bo Welland, they had a, they had a recording session book. And so I basically asked the sound engineer who had recorded the previous songs for me too. I was like, when we are taking breaks, can I just like record a fifth song really quickly? And that's basically what we did is that like in our off time and um, the night before we came to the studio, we like quickly made Damned If I Do as to, as like a replacement song. So uh, I just threw that together quickly. Luckily, Bill liked it a lot. And then he, he, we went forward with the project. And then I had to basically submit other stuff to him, like a music video, artwork, you know, all, all that stuff that comes along with the release. Did you film the video or did you have someone help you? How did you get the artwork done? What was the inspiration mm-hmm. for the artwork? Tell me about that. So I have a really good friend named Frazier. His um, you know, company name is FRA Films. He's super, super, super talented. He's done all stuff for both of my bands. He does all sorts of stuff. And uh, I basically reached out to him like, hey, I need a really simple music video for this song. So we went out to a, a place near my house, like a little forested area. And we, we made that video that's on the website. Uh, super simple, super quick. Yeah, yeah. that was, I saw that video. That was cool because at one point you're like hiding behind the trees and he's like really far away. And then he zooms in <laughs> and then we're like right up against your nose. And then you're by the river playing at one point in time. You're wearing gloves on that. Can you really play? You're like wearing gloves. I was like, how's he actually playing? It was a it was a very cold Canada day. So I needed those gloves. Otherwise, my fingers were going to freeze. It was it, we just basically threw together a quick video, just went outside. And uh, I think it took like a couple hours. He used a, like just a camcorder. Um, yeah, we just try to make a little wacky video and he he's into that kind of music too. So he totally knew the vibe I was going for. I just love it when stuff just lines up perfectly. I think that was one of those things. Yeah, it was real. It was a cool video. I liked how y'all guys did it because it had a bunch of different looks, but it, it was all, you know, when you, you see some things and it's some videos and they're like really jagging, there's no continuity. I think y'all did a good job of keeping yeah. the continuity going sure. throughout the whole song, even, even with the different shots and y'all had different moods too, throughout the video, which I thought was cool. Um, you know, I, 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 I liked it a lot. I thought it was done really well. And you know, in the vein of elephants and dogs, right? Like we just made a simple video of me just strumming the guitar and singing like simple, just, it's all about like the, the tech, like you said, the vibes, the textures of the actual images and stuff like that, that I'm like more concerned with instead of like classic, like music, video production right so how, how do you know what artwork you want to do when you do it when you do it for either a song because you can do artwork for songs and you can do it also for albums so how do you decide what your artwork is going to be for that release so uh, you know it really depends on things that i see that inspire me like it's hard it's really hard to predict i think it just happens naturally so that photo that's on the cover uh, my girlfriend took we we um Took a little road trip because in COVID, what can you really do besides go on a yeah. road, a day We're trip, right? Day trip and a hike. What are you going to do? You can so stream videos. You can stream uh-huh. videos. Uh, so we, we did a, uh, a day trip and a hike. And then on our way back, like we just saw the most beautiful sunset. So we sat down and watched it. And then just on a disposable camera, she took a photo of me with the sunset. And so I had it on my phone as just a nice photo. And then once this all started to play out, I realized like, oh wait that's the photo for the cover like the the haziness of the sunset the, the way the music sounds stuff like that i just i, I honestly also believe in like uh the, the universe does things you know what i mean and that that was one of those 
moments that the photo came way before I'd even thought about pitching the music, right? It just mm-hmm. happened to be on my phone and it just lined up nicely. So now things just kind of like you just got gumption at three in the morning and here we are. Um, and Bill has really, really good taste, especially with like dream pop and shoegaze and stuff. Let's talk about one of the songs off that EP. Let's talk about Damned If I Do. The original project I sent to uh, to Bill, there was one song that he wasn't vibing with. So he's like, we need to replace it. And so I had a little guitar lick. Uh, that That's the verse lick in the song. And so basically I, I had to make a song in about, in about a week's time because uh, the studio time that my band had booked was um, a few days. Like, so he basically told me like on Monday, hey, you need to replace the song. And the studio time was booked for the weekend. So in those four days, I just put together the song. And my girlfriend... Um, basically venting to my girlfriend about like uh stuff i was anxious about and she just said like damned if i damned if you do damned if you don't or some variation of that and it just like i was like that's the name of the song so at any point in that process when he goes i need a new song did you ever shit your pants i was worried i was definitely i was really anxious that week and and studio time super expensive i hadn't learned how to home record at that point so i needed it needed to happen that weekend otherwise like it wasn't gonna happen so I was definitely, I was definitely nervous. That's awesome, dude. That's a good story. And the funny thing is, so, so the Friday night that we, uh, so my, my band had booked the Saturday and the Sunday. So I, I convinced the sound engineer to come in on the Friday night to help me put some stuff together. So we get there and we try to set up the drum kit. Turns out the studio drum kit's broken. It's missing tons of pieces. <laughs> oh try, no. Yeah. We try recording guitars and they're all like out of time. I don't know if there was like a, uh, what's it called? Um, Anyway, so anyways, there was like, we just had tons of problems. I was like, oh, the song's awful. It's, it's over. Um, but we were able to pull it together. And um, like Zach, uh, who is the sound engineer and also did this next album too, super talented. I, I can show him like the smallest thing and he will make it into like a great song or uh, make it into a great sound. He's just, he's just really good at, at that, at putting pieces together. So yeah, that Friday night was a mess of a session, but then after that night and a couple times during the weekend, we added a couple extra things to the song. And by Sunday night, we had uh, Damned If I Do.
So do you have this whole year planned out as far as um, you're going to release the album? So do you have like your video plan, uh, you know, how you're going to release videos? Are you going to do a video for every song? Um, how are you going to promote? Are you going to be on Spotify? Are you going to tour su to support it? What all are you going to do for this album to like really push it once it drops? So a lot of that's going to come uh, with some discussions with Bill. Right. I think he he's really savvy about that stuff. He really knows how to um, to make it happen. Like his album that he just released is doing great. I don't know if you've yeah. been following him, but uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, he really knows who to send it to, when to send it. So I think a lot of that stuff's going to come with him. But it's going to be um, I think the model that works well is uh, a single a couple of weeks before the actual album release. So I'll probably do that. And we'll probably just have a video for the single. And then as the year goes on, um, as time and like resources permit, like I might do a couple of videos for a couple extra songs and just release them throughout the year. Bill has also talked about like a little look up tour um, towards the end of the year. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that happens too. But that's definitely we'll have cool. to see how it goes. That'd yeah, be dope. Y'all guys come to Texas so I can see y'all. I'll That'd bring be the really kids. Cool. I'll bring the kids. <laughs> Family well. affair. What is your songwriting process like? Does it always just kind of come to you like at that, that magical three to five in the morning or when somebody gives you a push or is it organic for you? It's all, it's all different. All sorts of things happen. But uh, for that past EP, it was um, besides damned if I do, which was definitely a little push. Basically what happened was uh, my friend, Zach, who I was just talking about, he um, was an intern at this really cool studio in Toronto. It was called a uh, Soleil sound. And basically he had nights there. Like, so he was an intern during the day and then the, he had the studio for the night to do whatever he wanted, basically. And so he would be like, Joe, just come down. Let's just record anything you want. Uh, let's just have some fun. So I would, uh, I would go down to the studio and just make simple little songs. And then as the summer like sort of progressed, I was like, oh, wait a second, this could be, this could be a project at some point. So I, I took it a little bit more seriously. And during certain, some of the recording sessions, just the lyrics or the melodies, we would just come up with on the spot. And that's what I really liked about that, that EP is so much of it was made coming to the studio with like four chords and then leaving with like a whole song, like a Pine Valley, for example. So that, that was really cool. It was a really like spur of the moment kind of feeling to it. But for this album that's coming out, really different approach. Like when the EP came out and like, like we talked about, like it got some attention and, and stuff. I started to get worried because I started thinking like, oh, am I going to be able to make music that's going to be as good as that, like that people are going to still take interest in? So I sort of had like some writer's block and I, I went through like writing a bunch of different songs. I'd almost stress write. Um, so a lot of it was horrible. Oh, we've <laughs> all been there. Yeah. We have <laughs> all done that. I did that for 10 years. So it's so okay. You push yourself <laughs> a little, little too much. And, and then, and then nothing happens. Exactly. It's, it's almost fucking pointless. Like you do better to write a song about a writer's block than you would anything else. And the only yeah. people who would appreciate that would be other songwriters. <laughs> so the Soleil Sound Studio is is defunct now. It's no more. So, but you got to record one of the last songs at that at that studio. Is that correct? Uh, no, we. So Zach then moved to a different studio. So it was mm -hmm. actually at a different place. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, it, it closed down at the end of the summer and, uh, yeah, we, we, we still worked with Zach, but he had moved to a different studio. So, but cool. so now with this album that's coming up, um, I learned how to home record. So I was like the big development. Yes. That's, that's important in yes. case things like the pandemic hit again and you can't go anywhere. Right. So oh, is it challenging? 
super because i don't know why my all my musician friends all are amazing home recorders they can like record so so well all these different instruments it just does not come to me i don't know why it's taken me so long to get on this train um i'm glad to finally be on it i'm, I'm not very good at it still but uh i don't know why it just it, it took so long for me to get onto it but if you can do enough to get a rough draft kind of down then you can mm. go from there at a regular studio or at somebody else's home. <laughs> I couldn't right. do it. I can't do it. Don't feel bad. So, Joe, what DAW do you use? I use Reaper. Okay. Reaper. Which Reaper. isn't a common. So, I use Reaper, but Zach uses Pro Tools. So, so, what ended up happening was I recorded a couple songs at home myself. I didn't mix, I didn't even bother trying to mix them. I just sent Zach the stems. And Zach is like, he's a very talented guy. And he, uh, he actually mixed Dark Soft's most recent album, too. So, oh really okay mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of cool basically uh yeah i just sent him the stems and he, he was able to make a seventh the song seventh circle that's on the album and so we did that a couple times too a couple other songs or ones i recorded at home and then he put together and then what ended up happening is he actually moved really close to where i live at the like uh at the start of this project he was living uh, a couple hours away from me so we couldn't actually get together to work and then one night when i was stressing out home recording he just texted me like hey do you want to like get together because like i live like 20 minutes away now so i was like wow what a you're like in the car dude yeah in the car man things just keep like lining up that little bit of initiative and and just the follow-through for you and things just like i mean what were the odds that he moved fucking 20 minutes from you i didn't know he was i swear to god no i had no clue it honestly just was like a message one night and i was so relieved and then so then what we did from then is we would get together in either my or his basement and we'd uh, we'd record basically. He 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 has like a little um, portable studio. He's able to bring, um, and he's like very talented at recording things. So he can make any. He, he can make my basement sound like a studio, right? Um, oh my god, I'm grateful for people like that, but I also kind of hate them because I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I've got like I've tried several different programs. I'm like, you know what? I've got like this little music maker program. If it sounds like shit, it sounds like shit, and that's why I don't send people stuff. <laughs> so hard to do it's there's it's so many really factors. it is hard yeah so many factors that come into play and um you know what's crazy is when you sit with someone with that level of talent and you're watching them work the board or the board in their computer as they're navigating through pro tools or the application and they'll be like oh i'm taking this down oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that that's crazy like that's i get amazing. i get dizzy watching some of my friends do that for sure. Because I just go itself. record. Damn it. Stop. Rewind. Yeah. Record. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's me. That's me right now, actually. That's I still haven't learned how to do all that ch- chopping and clipping of, of, st- of parts. It's all one take when I have to record. So, so let's talk about my favorite song off the EP. Um, let's talk about Pine Valley. Okay. Oh, it's my favorite song too. Damn it. There are two things. There are two things about the song that just first off, it starts off with that really cool piano. Was that you? It's me. Yeah. That is you. Yeah, that's so good. And it starts off real clean and then it gets like distorted and dark and very shoegaze. And I just was like, oh my gosh, where's he going? And then you flip the script on me, you up the tempo. And who the hell is playing that guitar solo? Was that you? That's me. Yeah. Holy shit. That was, that was, I was, cause I was in it. I was like the piano and then, then like the dreamy lyrics and, and that guitar hits. That's an, how old are you? I'm sorry. 
Oh, I'm 24. That's pretty fucking incredible. And how long have you been playing guitar? Uh, since I was 11. So I guess that's like, that is like 13 years. It's that's more, that's more than a true. Decade. That's true. <laughs> but, but still, that is almost a perfect song, yeah. on, in I, my opinion. I, I, had, I had listened to some of your other stuff before I got to that one. And that one is remarkably different than the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you have that nice little piano riff, and it's was that done on a keyboard, on a piano? What kind of piano was it done on? It was done on a, a real upright piano that they had in the studio. And nice. uh, if you listen really carefully, you can hear like the bench creak and the and the keys click. Like it was recorded very clean. Uh, it just oh was shit! Really I'm gonna have vibe. to go back and listen to it again now. Was that like the beginning of that song when you developed that little section? Yeah, that was really cool because I was like, oh, shit, where the, where's this going? You know, kind of like what Rennell was saying. I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is like different than his other stuff. I wonder who's playing piano. That was one of the songs like uh, like that I was describing. Like, I just had the chords. I didn't have any lyrics. I didn't have any of the parts written. I just had those like those four chords you hear at the intro. Um, so we decided... I think we recorded on guitar, we recorded on piano, decided that the piano would be like the first time around, the guitar would be the second. And then uh, I, I, I'm a guitar player, like at heart. I think everyone uh, has one instrument that they really resonate with. Like for me, like I, I'm a guitar player. I love Jimi Hendrix and like Jimmy Page. Like I love that just guitar. Well, it shows kind of in that track. And so the studio had this uh, 1970 Strat, a vintage Strat. That was so fun to play that I played the solo on. Uh, okay. It, it, it was like it was like playing a stick of butter. So I think that really inspired <laughs> me too. That's it was nice. so easy to play. That'll that do it. Yeah. Was it single coils? It was single coils through my yeah. I have a I have a Marshall JCM eight hundred, like a, an original one. Holy so shit. It was that strap through that Marshall. It was just
I wanted to ask about they're like little mini songs, but down two flights of stairs and up two flights of stairs. The first one is guitar and it's picking. And then the, the second one is like a heavy guitar. I thought it was interesting because they're kind of like booking, you know yes, what I'm saying? Definitely. And the down two flights is what guitar effects are you using? It sounds like to me, there's a lot of guitar stuff going on in that. I'm also wondering how much is the effects and then how much is actual guitar stuff. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Definitely. So in the studio, there was this crazy pedal called the Dream Sequence. So you can Google it, Dream Sequence guitar pedal. It's huge. Like, I don't know how to use it. No one knows how to use it. <laughs> and so down two flights of stairs and up two flights of stairs was um, was basically one long song. It was like four minutes of me just messing around with this crazy pedal doing all sorts of sounds. And so when I had sent that to Bill, he was like, okay, this is a little self-indulgent. <laughs> so we cut them down. And the idea mm-hmm. was for them to be bookends. Cause like, uh, you won't be seeing me around as like the single. And mm-hmm. then if you want to keep listening, there's those two other songs and they're sort of like, uh, they're split between the down and up two flights of stairs. But the funny part is the up two flights of stairs. I was like, why is this the last one? I would have made this one the first one. So oh, talk okay. about, because yeah. it's, Cause it's like you want to kick their ass as soon as you go off. And then at the end, you kind of want to be like, okay, you can relax now. Cause I'm done whipping your ass. You well, know you've never saying? apparently gone to your car and forgotten your mask and had to go back up the stairs. <laughs> Cause that's what whoops your ass. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was one long piece. I wanted it to bookend the EP, but uh, Bill wanted it to, to, he wanted the single to be first. So, so it just booked and bookended the other two songs. And so What's what it's referenced to is uh, I, I went to university um, at, at this university in, in Ontario called Queens, and I used to I used to study in like the second basement of one of the libraries, and uh, I loved studying there because like when you were down there you didn't have cell reception. It was just like you went down there and you were like in your little bubble for however long you wanted to be there. Like it, it was great for studying, but also great to like escape. I felt like a little bit, and there was always like a moment when I'd go down the two flights of stairs, like okay, I'm gonna be in this library for like eight hours. And then like when I came back up, it was like back into the, the world. But it's sort of symbolic to me, I think. I don't, I don't know why. It just that's that's sort of what those things are in reference to. And so when uh, when we decided to use those as bookends, that's that's how that that's how those names came to be. In terms of like one being heavier and one being softer, that's just how the actual pieces because what we did is we cut the piece and then we we faded it in and faded it out. So we like uh, sort of rounded the edges of both of them. So I think the actual original probably gets heavier as time goes on. Uh, and that's why. So basically all the guitar stuff on those two songs were done by the dream sequence pedal, the dream sequence, it's a massive pink pedal. And it's got all these knobs and, uh, we, I don't know how to, like, we didn't know how to use it at all. We were just fooling around with it and getting some crazy sounds. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's like when a you toy. I want to play I want to play with it. That's, yeah, that's it when you actually change your playing style. When you come across a sound that that changes how you look at the instrument you're playing. Let's talk about the song that's going to be on your new album. Let's talk about Black Sheep. Black Sheep is uh, one of the songs that I stress wrote. Uh, and I basically put it on the back burner. And um, a couple of the people that heard me play, like when they'd hear me tinker with it, they'd be like, oh, that's really good. But I was like, nah, I don't think that's going to be anything. I don't think that's going to be anything. Put it on the back burner. And then while we were, were recording other songs, um, and so Zach was setting up his uh, little portable studio. I started playing it on guitar, just noodling. And he's like, he stopped and he turned around and he goes, what, what is that? I was like, oh, it's just like 
I'm just noodling around. He's like, no, he's like, you got to record that. He's like, trust me, that sounds really good. And so, um, so we did. And, and like, it was one of those songs that we did in like an hour, like a true elephants and dogs, like throwing stuff together as it goes. The first draft of the album was a little bit heavier. Like it had heavier songs. Like I love hard rock music. Like I was, I was talking about my other band, Jimbo is a hard rock band. And so I think the first draft of the album was a little bit heavy. Um, but I had, I had some like lighter dream pop songs. Right. And so, and so Bill, Bill liked the, the dream pop tracks, but um, he was like, you know, you're changing your sound too much on this. You know, you should take a look back at some stuff, re- revisit it. And so I sort of changed a couple of the songs, but Black Sheep was one of the ones from the start that was just like a dream pop, simple elephants and dogs, you know, exactly what the people want track. And so I, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And, and those ones are the best ones, the ones that come like within an hour and, and so actually an interesting thing about this, uh, that song is uh, I had I had the verse riff uh, and then I didn't have a chorus. So basically what happened is I guess I guess I had played that for Zach at some point. He's like, no, we got to record it. And then I, during the next session, we decided that's what we were going to work on that day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, damn, I don't have a chorus for the song. I only have the verse. So I come home from work um, and I'm, the house is like I'm, I'm home alone. And then Zach, and I'm like, I don't have a chorus. Zach's going to be here in 10 minutes. I've got to, I've got to write a chorus. Zach messages me. He is like, his car broke down. He's going to be an hour late. Oh, shucks. So no, no he's going to be an hour late. So I had, oh. I had an hour. Yeah. I you're like, an, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is great. So in that hour, I, I just, I don't know what came to me. I wrote the chorus. So when he came, I had, I had the finished song, but it was just one, another one of those like crazy things that just really worked. So, so when he came in, did you go, oh yeah, I've had this forever. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I've just been waiting to record. I've just it. been waiting to share this with you, and you're just dragging your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm like tick 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 times. Yeah, no. I'm just... <laughs> I, I another thing I want to mention is like um like I'm I'm in my last year of, of pharmacy school, so mm-hmm. I was on full time placements, and Zach works full time, and so while we were making this album, like the only time that we had free is uh, Zach had Tuesday nights free, and I had Sundays free because we were working every other day. So on the t- only two free days that we had for like three months straight, we we worked on this album. So it was that's really awesome. crazy that we were just that's that's what we, that's what we did. It was just nonstop. So you it's know such what? a relief for it to be over, to be honest. But you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, that was a great time. You know, yeah. you're just gonna be like, man, I am so glad that I was losing my goddamn mind because it just pushed me to do things I wouldn't normally do. So when are you releasing the album? Uh, hopefully just at the start of the summer. So hopefully okay. by June. So we'll listeners are getting a super sneak peek of this track. A super sneak peek. Yeah, super sneak for peek. Some time.
So are they going to be able to go on the Spotify and like reserve it ahead of time so that when it comes out, it just drops on their playlist or whatever? Definitely. We will, we'll have the pre, uh, the pre-save link out and ready to go, uh, ahead of time. Awesome. Um, it'll all be a part of our, our, like the release plan that lookup, that lookup does. Do you feel like he's sort of taking you under his wing and, um, What's the word I'm looking for, Brent? Help me. Mentor. Thank he's, you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you feel like he's your mentor? Do you feel like a mentee? A mentee. <laughs> Definitely. I I, I love uh, I love talking to to Bill. I love our meetings. Like I'm looking forward to finally getting to meet him. Uh, like we've had. You this- haven't met him in person yet. No, because I'm in Toronto and he's in Seattle, right? Or well, now he's in Maine. But yeah, I love meeting with him. I I made some joke to him because he was just telling me about like you know his his life is. Is, uh, you know, musical life is, is non-musical life. And I was like, wow, you're actually like what I want to be when I'm your age. Like he's, he's just a couple of year, few years older than me. I think he's like 29. So I was like, man, Joe at 29, I want to be like Bill. Like, <laughs> so I definitely see him as like a mentor. It's cool. It sounds like you got Zach as a mentor too. So you yeah, kind of have two mentors, which is you, good. You have a great little support system. I said that snarkier that, than I meant. That's exhaustion. <laughs> you have a great support system that is definitely something that you should soak up soak up all of that because that's something special and not a lot of us get it just from an older person to a younger person i am very grateful for it and i think another thing is like i don't see this as a as a solo project like Mm -hmm. you know also my friend jack uh jack davies contributed bass on um you won't be seeing me around and and Mm -hmm. valley he's an incredible bass player he he went to berkeley he's like toured the u.s like super talented like he he helped with it too um i don't see i don't see it as a solo project like i i've never wanted to be a solo musician i've always wanted to be in a band like from since i was since i was younger like i've always wanted to have that feeling of like a team and and a crew and so this even though even though you know it says like a joe narducci solo project or whatever right like i don't see it that way i've got like so many great people that are helping me do it and uh, i hope i let them know enough because I'm, I'm super grateful for the help that they give me and you're going to come back to me on the next album, right? I would love to. I was yes. thinking that right now. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you'll have me back. I would Absolutely. That. Well, why yeah, wouldn't we have you back? You why wouldn't we have you back? Oh, thank you. I, I like the feedback when it's nice. No, it's, it's I, I'm, you know, if you've watched my other interviews, like they never, I never actually get to talk about the things that I talked about today. So I appreciate it. Yep. Okay. Now we get to talk about um, your Playboy girlfriend I hate no, i'm just kidding so it's how i funded the project uh, uh, yeah. just some just some feet videos it's nothing yeah. it's just a little yeah. bit of fetish it's fine it got paid for mm-hmm. it's all my good nobody knew my face isn't in it yeah yeah um i have a i have a question so i know you're pretty young and that's not a bad thing because you you seem to have what you want to do very lined up you you've got a great support system you know what you want you're, you're like already several albums out you know you're doing really really cool things what would you have said what would you say to a kid that wanted to become a songwriter everybody has a voice and i don't think people realize that all the time like the reason why there there will always be new music is because there's always going to be new people you know no one plays guitar the same way. Not two people play the guitar the same way. It's, it's impossible. It's everyone's lived a different life. Everyone has a different story. So, you know what, actually, I think I, I would say, I would say you have to figure out what your story is, um, mm. what your, 
you have to almost think of what your 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 like imaginary character is um and 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 work in that realm you know like um something i heard or read that david david bowie said i don't know if he said it in an interview i I just know there's a david bowie uh quote it's you know like he when he did ziggy stardust that was such a breakthrough for him because he didn't have to be himself he became a character and that made it easy for him to write um it's not necessarily that you have to make a separate character but you just have to decide like what are the themes in my life what are the what's the past been like what's the future going to be like what you sort of have to have this imaginary image of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that's what you got to share in your music. Cause anyone can write, you know, like a, a I don't know, a four chord party song or something. Right. But if you, if you really want to make like an album or, or, or you got to own your voice and, and own your story, I think is what I would say. That's really good advice. That was a good answer, dude. Find yeah. out what your story is. I was like, holy shit. How old are you motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm uh, so so. We've talked a lot about Bill and Darksoft and Look Up. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Look Up Fest that's coming up? Yeah, so there's going to be Look Up Fest is returning, which is really great. I know they've they've done it a few years and it got a little. Uh, um, I guess I had to take a break because of COVID, but it's back. A lot of Look Up artists are performing, um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm excited because I'm going to be visiting Seattle. So I'm going to get to meet Bill and meet other artists on the label. So it should be super fun. Um, I'm just really excited. And and Bill uh, looks like he really sets up a multimedia event. Like he's got all types of things going on, art installations, ambient music. Um, so it's really going to be an exciting thing. I'm excited to see it all. all you're going to, and I'm going to get to meet you and Bill, which I'm really stoked about. And you, you're going to get to meet sober me and then okay. drunk me. Drunk hey. me needs to find an Uber and go the fuck back to her hotel. So if you could just <laughs> remind me. No, no, that's when the fun starts. <laughs> no, no keep, I'm old. I'll you want to keep that version out as long as possible. <laughs> and Brent wants video. That, that's the blackmail. That's how he funds his projects, right? <laughs> yeah, he's right. going to be like, Joe sent me this. <laughs> <laughs> Bill sent me this. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Joe, I just want to thank you for taking time and sharing your music with us. Man, I like Joe. That kid's cool. Such a good young man. March 19th, Saturday, March 19th, Round Rock Rick will be holding the South by Sam Bass um, benefit for Meals on Wheels. Meals on Wheels is an agency that basically delivers food to people that are unable to leave their houses. This company is very important. This agency is very important because it not only helps people get food that cannot get out to get their food, but sometimes it's the only contact that these people have with the outside world. So it's important that we support them. We, uh, Round Rock Rick started Ricktoberfest last fall and we raised money for Meals on Wheels. And we're going to do it again this year at South by Sam Bass. And that's on March 19th. It'll be from, I think, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. But y'all guys, if you're in the area or you want to make a special trip or say you're down for South by Southwest and you have some spare time, y'all guys come out and support a good cause and you'll get to see some cool music, some original music. Maybe not music you would normally be exposed to because the artists are going to be running the gambit. It'll be people that, you know, this is their first time to start playing again 
but it'll also be seasons, seasoned people, um, seasoned musicians that you would enjoy hearing. And then I'll be there too. But you may <laughs> not, you may not want to listen to me. So I'll just don't, but, but bring your money. You know, and yeah. support, this support a good cause. It is a really important cause. So get out there and support a good cause and and hear some good music. And I heard there's going to be food there, too. Right. There's going to be it's going to be a crawfish boil. I'm hearing. So it's a pretty long show or an event. And so there will be three times when they fire up the crawfish grill. So there will be times. So you could probably come and participate in that. They'll have porta potties for after the crawfish boil. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing we have going guys is we are working on something big that we hope to talk more about in the future. We kind of talked a little bit about it in the intro, um, but we're not quite ready to come out with it yet. But when we come out, we will let y'all know it's going to be pretty cool. I think Renell has some really good ideas and we're going to march forward and hopefully it'll be something we can all do together. I've been planning it in my head for two years secretly. And if you've ever been in her head, you know how, what a mess that place is. It's fucking scary. There's just paperwork and like tears and chocolate everywhere. It makes no sense. A couple squirrels are running around. My subconscious completely gave up and left. It's fine. So guys, if you have the opportunity, go ahead and like, subscribe us, comment to us, reach out. Send us your email and we will send it right to your hot box. I mean, your inbox. And uh, we'll make sure that you have the. Somebody send something to my hot box. The podcast <laughs> available for you. <laughs> this so, is what happens when I'm sleep deprived, dude. Whatever. I think you're another way deprived. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So, um, <laughs> look, just reach out to us, friend us, subscribe. You can find us on the website. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can literally find us almost anywhere online. We are charmingly annoying. Thank you again for listening. Uh, thank you, Joe, from Elephants and Dogs. We are going to have you back again. I'm going to annoy you, and I regularly try to, to annoy just everybody I, I like. So get That's out it. there, make some noise. Peace.